Welcome to the Teacher's Cup of Coffee. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving break. I hope the last week went well getting back in the swing. And this is certainly one of the most trying times as an educator, getting from Thanksgiving to the holiday break. It can be really challenging, and I hope you're all able to stay with it, do what you can to have the most engaging classroom around. We are very excited to be doing something different today. We are interviewing a gentleman by the name of Michael Peterson. He is a physical education teacher in a middle school, and he really specializes in helping classroom teachers incorporate movement and incorporate brain breaks into their classroom. He has worked with teachers at all grade levels in trying to help them understand how even if we are teaching an extremely engaging lesson, after a certain amount of time, if students are sitting, they are going to start to detach. It's brain science. They are going to start to detach. So there's a lot of different ways that we can incorporate movement into the learning and or we can incorporate quick brain breaks, quick, really quick brain breaks with little activities that when students do them and then come back to the learning, the learning benefits, they're, they're re-engaged, they're re-energized. So he works with teachers and administrators to try and make this happen more often. And we are thrilled to have him here today with us. Our, our listenership grew over the vacation, over the break, so we appreciate you sharing us out. We appreciate you rating us on iTunes, anything you do to get the word out. We're hoping to be a shot of caffeine, as we always say, for educators once a week, and we're happy to be back this week. Two quick claimers. Mr. Peterson talks about two techniques that I want to make sure you understand before we dive in because he just sort of says them and then keeps moving along. One is speed dating. Speed dating is a, a more of an adolescent term that is used in a classroom for maybe what in elementary would call a circle share. So basically speed dating, you have half of the class stand up in a circle around the perimeter of the classroom. Then you have the other half of the class stand up in an inner circle and they pair up. So there's one circle on the outside, one circle, inner circle circle and kids are in pairs facing each other. I call it speed dating or it's called speed dating because it's it, we mimic what speed dating is actually like if you've ever been a part of it or seen it in a movie or anywhere. So you ask a question and give about a minute or two minutes and the students turn to their pairs in the circles and they discuss that guiding question. After the time is up, the outer circle stays put, the inner circle rotates in counterclockwise or clockwise one slot. So now you have two new students talking. You could ask a different guiding question, you could ask the same guiding question, doesn't matter. Basically you're just getting kids standing up, moving and talking in short snippets to another classmate about their learning. Generally it works for about four to five rotations. If you do two minute discussions, it's about eight to 10 minutes. It's a great way to get kids up, moving and still talking about their learning. The other one he refers to is called popcorn. Popcorn is basically the same thing as speed dating, only in popcorn, this is if you have a really good class or really good classroom management. Instead of getting into the circles, you just say, we're gonna play popcorn, stand up. And then you ask a question. You say popcorn and all the students run to a partner. They discuss that question for a minute or two. You get their attention back. You ask a new question and then you say popcorn and all the students have to go find a new partner with which to discuss this question. Both of these, speed dating and popcorn, are good ways to get students up and moving within lessons. Without further ado, proud to bring you our interview with Michael Peterson about how we can get movement and brain breaks into classroom learning. 
Okay, I'm here with Michael Peterson. Uh, Michael is a seventh and eighth grade PE teacher, uh, physical education teacher, who has also done a lot of research uh, and trainings on how bringing movement and bringing brain breaks uh, to the regular classroom can really increase learning for students, increase engagement for students, and frankly, just get the blood flowing and get the brain working. So Michael, welcome and thank you for coming. And uh, I'm just gonna start by asking you, why is movement important for learning? Well, thank you for having me, first of all. Um, I was very honored to be here today. Um, certainly movement, as we have shown, is, is certainly important for learning. Um, not only does it improve executive functioning in regards to concentration, impulse control, foresight, and problem solving, and just looking at our students at the, at the Iguam Junior High, um, our research that we have done over the past year indicates that 25% of our students are considered obese. Another 17% of those students, another 17% of students are considered overweight. So we're looking at a range of about 45% of the students who are in a healthy fitness zone. Um, with increasing movement in the classroom, obviously it's overall health and well-being. Um, it makes our learners ready to learn. It increases oxygen, oxygen to the bloodstream. Um, creates an environment in our brain that enriches um, with neurotransmitters um, and it stimulates um, BDNF, which is brain-derived neurotropic factors, um, which is vital learning, memory, higher order thinking, and decision making. It's a lot there. It's a mouthful. Yeah, it is a mouthful, <laughs> but it certainly sounds like it's really important and I think um, as a teacher myself and in many different roles, you know, sometimes you can just get into this flow of students sitting in front of you and, you know, at best you have them thinking and talking, but, you know, you don't necessarily have them moving for a lot of different reasons. Uh, but it's clear that there is a lot of positive impact for the brain and, and just for how students can engage. So, you know, you're a PE teacher, so it's built into your classroom. But if I'm in a regular math class or an engineering class or a Spanish class, you know, how do I do this? How do I find a way to get kids moving uh, in a way that also helps them learn more? Uh, first, it, it starts simple. Um, being that I've done the research on this, I have actually gone into um, several classrooms over the past month and have begun to introduce this um, to a lot of core academic teachers um, with, with a great deal of success. Um, I think the, the hardest problem for a teacher is, is really stepping outside the, out, of, out of the box and trying something new. I think a lot of teachers feel that with uh, movement in the classroom, they're gonna tend to lose control of the class. Um, behavior problems might arise with movement, movement in the classroom, but actually research has shown it's, it's, it is exactly the opposite with movement. Um, there's a lot of different things that um, teachers can do to, uh, to promote this. First and foremost, the most important thing is one, having the research in hand having an idea of what they want to do ahead of time with, through um, professional development, meeting with myself, having myself run it at the beginning of the class as a, as a do now activator, um, but also as a teacher setting norms um, within that classroom and making the students a part of that process to take ownership so they know exactly what is expected during the movement period or the brain break, brain break period and what is exactly expected afterwards. You know, we, we talk often on this podcast and I think often about how it's so easy for us to go to professional development as adults. 
and immediately zone out if we're just going to be sitting somewhere for two hours and listening to information. And it's so easy for us to then forget that experience when we're in front of a class and just assume that just by us being in the front, all of a sudden everybody's going to be engaged and thinking. So from what you're saying, it sort of sounds like these brain breaks and these movement opportunities, they're not long necessarily. They're not long. What, give me some examples of, of things that can be done and how long they would take uh, to, to implement this in a classroom in a fairly consistent way. Generally, a brain break or a movement activity is, is no longer than three to five minutes. And it's certainly something that does not, I repeat, does not have to be done every single day. Um, it, could, it could be incorporated in a lesson that you have. I think being creative in, in lesson planning is huge. Um, for example, speed dating is, is one way. Popcorn is another way to incorporate movement into the classrooms. Um, for example, brain breaks. Um, there's a whole bunch of resources online that talk about different activities that you can use to stimulate both sides of the brain. Um, for example, um, counter rolls, partner thumb wrestling, partner shoe ties, all used to stimulate both parts of the brain or many parts of the brain. Um, and like I said, creating engaging lessons um, where, for example, in a math class, having the kids walk around the room to answer problems speed dating in when talking about a discussion in social studies or, or English, um, role playing in social studies um, are all different ways that you get kids moving um, in the classroom. Um, another form of, of activity would be Tabata. Um, it's, it's a relatively new form. It's actually an old form of activity, but has recently grown in popularity. Um, basically, it is a, it's a 20 seconds of physical movement followed by 10 second break and it's repeated, uh, it goes on for about four minutes. Um, there is music available online. Um, one way that certainly the kids can take ownership of this is by having them pick the exercises that they wanna do, um, having them also lead it. But as a teacher, I also feel like it's important that you also take ownership with it and you take part in it as well. So I'm a student, I'm sitting in a class, my legs are getting antsy, my mind is wandering, and when you say Tabata, which, by the way, if you want to look it up online, is T-A-B-A-T-A, -A -A. this is a, it's short burst of movement. So, in other words, let me see if I'm getting this right. My teacher might say, okay, guys, we're going to have a Tabata break for the next minute or two, and immediately he or she presses play on a set of music and says, let's stand up and do this stretch three times, and then let's take a break, and now let's do this stretch four times, and now let's take a break and then I could go right back into my work? Is that sort of a Cliff Notes version? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, a, that's essentially exactly what it is. Um, it could be anything from a, a, an aerobic type exercise to a core exercise to simple jumping jacks to squat jumps. I mean, it could be really any type of physical movement that you want to incorporate, um, and that is exactly what Tabata is. And... You talked about setting norms. I can see how if I'm a teacher struggling to keep students under control, letting them do jumping jacks in the middle of class or letting them touch their toes for 20 seconds, it would scare me. It would definitely scare me. Um, but I also can see how if it's just something you do randomly, it probably won't. It probably will lead to a lack of control. But if it's something you talk about with students and you say, we're going to do these things called Tabata breaks, and here's how you have to behave during them, here's how you have to act, 
I, I don't know about our listeners, but I feel that sort of getting that minute to stand up and to stretch and to move and to do something would actually reinvigorate students, which would hopefully allow them to dive deeper into the learning. Because we all know that if kids are engaged in the learning, the behavior's better. That's straightforward. Um, so I think it's a very interesting thing to think about because if we do it and it does get us to engage more in the learning, then it's not going to hurt behavior management. It's going to help behavior management. Also, too, I mean, you got to think about it's not using brain breaks and, and movement in classes can be done at any point in time. I mean, it doesn't have to be done in the first five minutes of class. If you, if you start to notice that at, at any given time a class is starting to lose focus, you know, okay, time for a brain break, quick 30-minute activity, or time for Tabata, or time for, um, you know, popcorn. You know, it, it could be done at it could be done at the 20-minute marking class. It could be done at the 25-minute marking class. But as a teacher, that is something that you're looking to you have to recognize and understanding that you know exercise will improve the ability of, of students to think and learn. You've said brain breaks a few times, and you touched upon a partner shoe tie or a group thumb wrestle. Uh, could you just, what, what exactly is a brain break? And then maybe take a couple of those and just really explain exactly what they are and how we do them. Uh, basically, the first one I'll start with is, 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 is called the counter roll. Um, personally, I cannot do it, and there's only one person that I know that can actually physically do this. It's basically taking one hand in front of you, uh, both hands in front of you, and you're looking to take your right arm, roll it forward, and take your left arm and try to roll it in the opposite direction. Very difficult to do. Um, the partner shoelace is basically my, if I was sitting here with uh, Mr. Allen here, um, he would have one shoe lace, I would have the other shoe lace, and our goal is to try to tie that shoe together. Um, you could do extensions of that where you can only use your non-dominant hand. Um, you can do it blindfolded with your eyes closed. Um, group thumb wrestle is basically taking your arms crossing them across across your body like this, and you're thumb wrestling two people at the same time, one on your left, one on your right. Um, do as I say, do as I do is an awesome, awesome activity. Um, do as I say, so if, we, if you're doing this one, you can certainly incorporate movement with it. So if I say, do as I say, touch your toes, me as a teacher, I'm going to do something completely different. Okay, but you as a student are supposed to be touching your dose. So it kind of forces you to critically think about do what I, do what I say. Whereas do as I do, if I, if I say do as I do, I'm doing jumping jacks, you're doing jumping jacks. So it's activating different parts of the brain um, it, within those brain breaks. I had never thought of using any of those types of activities. Uh, those sound really quick. They sound really easy. Um, certainly you have to have the norm set, but I know as an adult learner, those would help when I'm starting to fade, doing one of those brain breaks for one minute, 90 seconds, whatever it is, uh, I think could really get my blood flowing and get me re-engaged. So uh, I appreciate you sharing those. Um, I do know that a lot of this is so important because kids just sit all day in a lot of schools. Uh, a lot of research shows that it's a, at least 70% of the day is spent sitting. So... Are there any other websites, are there any other resources you can share with us that we can just go to quickly to get some ideas or to use for these activities? Yeah, there's, uh, there's actually a, a lot of very good books out there currently right now on um, brain breaks and movement in the classroom. Um, a great curriculum that I, I recently just found is out of Colorado, which, I, which I'm going to send a link to uh, Mr. Allen here. 
Um, a big thing that I, I do want to touch upon that we haven't touched upon yet is just changing the physical environment of the classroom. Um, you know, like, like we said earlier, you know, students sit between 65 and 70% of their day, which is, is alarming. Um, investing in stand-up desks, investing in foot swings. Um, I know some teachers in, in, in my building have, have brought in bungee cords to act as foot swings and attach them to the bottom of the desk. Um, active sitting chairs, using physio balls as chairs. Um, is, is huge. It promotes posture, strengthens muscles, improves focus, um, blood flow. You know, just changing the environment that we use on a daily basis will it also increase um, brain functioning, increase movement. Um, and it's shown that, you know, 15 to 25% more burning calories just by using stand-up desks. Okay, so... Mr. Peterson, it sounds like we sort of have two opposing forces here, right? We have this understanding and this knowledge and even just this personal understanding that we all like to be moving and that optimizes our engagement, it optimizes our learning. And if we're just sitting still for long periods of time, no matter how engaging it might feel like content can be, we all tend to disengage, right? So we know a lot of us can admit that movement could help learning. But then we also have a lot of standards to get through. We have a lot of content to teach. We have administrators that are walking in to make sure we're always on point. So, you know, these two things might not go together. Um, so if I'm a teacher that's going to be brave and is going to find a way to a couple times each class or even one time each class, get kids moving so that I get their neurons firing again. What is your first sort of level of advice? Where do we start? How do we jump into this? My first level of advice would be number one, start simple. Start, start with something that you are, as a teacher, comfortable with. Not all of us are gonna be comfortable with creating aggressive or movements in the classroom. Um, start with simple brain breaks. Um, they're, they're two to three minutes long, one to two minutes long, um, that will certainly, you know, spark interest, creating a set of norms, and even having the students pick activities and having the students lead activities. And once the kids start to take ownership of these activities, you can then start to introduce more challenging activities to the students, maybe start to implement simple movement activities in the classroom, um, again, based upon your comfort level. Also, as a teacher, look for help. Ask for assistance. You know, there are certain people, certainly people in the building, like myself in my school, where I will walk into the classrooms um, as teachers ask me to lead activities to make them feel a little bit more comfortable about introducing activities in their classes. I think the big thing too to understand is that, you know, 99% of activity happens in physical education classes. Um, I, I see my kids for 43 minutes every other day. You know, that's only 86 minutes if I see them on Tuesday and Thursday. Um, it's not enough time. You know, a lot of, a lot of schools are starting to cut physical education, not realizing the importance of it. Um, but I think physical education, physical activity, and the use of brain breaks needs to be everywhere within the school district. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Mr. Peterson. You've certainly given us a ton of things to think about. I think more than anything for me, it's just so clear that movement and brain breaks in the classroom, they're not just a cool thing to do, they're a necessary thing to do. We need these moments in the classroom to keep students' neurons firing, to keep their brains working. Without them, they will disengage as we go. With them, we will optimize the learning that we create in the classroom. So thank you so much for your ideas. 
Thank you all of our listeners. We hope you have a great week. Remember, you can follow us at Teach Cup Coffee on Twitter. We'll be tweeting out some resources that Mr. Peterson has shared this week, so be sure to check those out. You can also email us any questions at teacherscupofcoffee at menloed.com, M-E-N-L-O-E-D.com. We hope you have a great week, and we hope you enjoyed your Teacher's Cup of Coffee. Oh, wake up, everybody. No more sleeping in bed.